Welcome back to The Asian Voice. We're your co-hosts, Wilson and John. And today, we're joined by two special guests. First, we have a returning guest, Matthew, and a new guest, Justin. Hi, guys. I'm Matthew, and I appeared in, I think it was episode three. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm Matthew. I was born in Hong Kong, and I um, I came to England for education like four years, around four years ago. So, yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Justin. Uh, I'm really glad to be on uh, today's show. I uh, come from Hong Kong and I've been studying in the UK for the past year and a half, I think. And I'm in year 13. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited to uh, discuss about our topic today. Yep. And today we'll be discussing Asian work pressures. And just to start us off, I'm going to ask everyone on a scale of one to 10 to rate how pressured they felt in the last term of school. <laughs> I think that's a bit of an interesting way to start off. So. I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to see what you are, Wilson, because uh, me and Justin and uh, Matthew are all in the same year, but you're... All right, all right. I want to okay. see what yours is. So I guess I'll start off. Yeah. If we say that, like, uh, five is, like, the normal, right? Mm, yeah. Anything below that is what I'd consider to be... Uh, breezing through school and anything above that to be uh, challenging. I think I'll put myself at a five or a six. Because really? honestly, yeah, I, I don't really feel like I've been pressured that much the entire first time. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, it kind of makes sense, I guess, because, I mean, in year mm -hmm. 12, yeah. like the first term of year 12, I really there's not, it. Yeah, there's not much it, going it, on. It, it feels different, like, you're you were studying the GCSE course and now you're doing like A level and that's a it feels like a big change. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. How about you, Justin? Yeah, and I feel like in the first year of like year twelve, you're just revisiting a lot of GCSE content. Right. And uh you are giving some time to get used to uh being in sixth form. And for me myself, I think I it's it's really weird for me because I think I'm fluctuating between a zero and a one to nine and ten, and it's just <laughs> like a sine curve going back and forth. Uh. <laughs> some some days I'd be like I have no homework, my schedule it's clear for the for mm -hmm. two weeks after this. There's no tests, no exams, and I get to play uh, video games all day long. And but other times I'd be like I've got three tests tomorrow and five homeworks due and. I'm I'm overworked. I need to do work until three a.m. and stuff, and it's just been fluctuating. But I suppose average it out, it's around five or six. So I'm pretty mm -hmm. glad of right, where, with where I am. Perhaps mm. that's quite similar. Nice. Yeah, for me, I rate it as an as an eight because uh, or obviously it's year thirteen, first time we're year thirteen. You're mm -hmm. really busy with applications and stuff like that, and. I think a lot of courses are almost done. So teachers tend to give you quite a lot of like preps and stuff like that while you have uni applications. So I'd say it's a pretty busy term for me. But mm. I mean, at the same time, I did enjoy it because I mean, it's my last year almost. So yeah. Nice. I'd say personally for me, it's been probably. 7.5 maybe it's 8 okay because like i guess with like justin too it's like it does change every now and then so sometimes you have homework that you need to do and tests so therefore it's like a lot more pressured but i don't know a quick thing wait justin um 
we both we both know Matthew's crazy, crazy, crazy schedule. That's his opinion. But what do we what do we think on wait, say it on the count of three and like on the rating that you would give him. Three, right. two, one, hundred. Ten. Oh yes. Mm. So uh very high. <laughs> exactly. I disagree. I mean <laughs> really to my defense, I feel like well, I always seem busy because I'm such a procrastinator. You do. I procrastinate a lot, and that's why I sound busy or I look busy. Matthew, Matthew, if you're procrastinating, then what am I? Mm. I'd be ashamed to admit what what, what mistake currently. If you say that you're procrastinating, then I'm just basically giving up on life. So. Mm. Oh wow. <laughs> no, yes, like... but Matthew, I think. John, you go first. No problem. Oh yeah, um, because I don't mean to like brag, but I think Matthew, Matthew's like whole criteria that he's got, all the things that he's accomplished in this, even this first term, has been like leaps and leaps and leaps of beyonds and stuff that I could even like even compare to. Like, I hope you don't mind me bragging, Matthew, about all the things that you do. But you do three subjects plus five maths, which is a whole thing in itself. You do about you. You're one of the leaders for our school, so you're one of an, you're on a leadership team. You do about three clubs, three clubs and societies. How, how many is it now? Is it's it three? Two. It's two. Okay, year. it's okay. It's two this year. You do two clubs and societies. How many schools are you applying to? Fourteen. Oh, fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, fourteen. <laughs> 14. <laughs> And you have well, to a lot of them are, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are American unis, so you need to write essays and stuff like that. But and then you have Ooh. to write an essay for each individual uni. And then I know you a while back you took the SAT, right? Yeah. You have to prepare for that as well. Is there anything else mm -hmm. that I've missed within the whole spectrum of that? That's it. Oh, goodness. I mean. It's an overachiever. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's yeah. not that bad. You only need one uni, Matthew, not 40. <laughs> no, like, I do admire it. It is very admirable what you do, Matthew. It is, you keep on striving and striving to be better and better, which is, like, it's very cool how you manage to keep yourself. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's a little, whoa, that's what you say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, I don't think I could do that much work. I'll mm. uh, just stop before then. Anyways, mm. uh, <laughs> back to the topic of uh, work pressures. Do you ever feel like academic pressures by yourself or is it like shared, do you think, with your classmates? Um, I mean, for me, I'd say, I mean, in GCSE, I feel like it's less academically pressured because mm -hmm. the contents are probably slightly easier. And uh, but like for A level, I feel like it's a huge difference because, I mean, for well, I do physics, chemistry, math, and for the math. And for yeah, <laughs> I that's me too. That's me too. That's, yeah, that's all of us. I don't do We have an we have an imposter. <laughs> but like yeah. I mean I'm probably in like I mean for chemistry and, and maths in my opinion I mean not in, in physics and maths in my mm -hmm. opinion 
I'm probably in a like a really high achieving class. Like most of my classmates are like really bright or they're probably like the sweatiest people in our year. Ooh, so yeah. um, elite class, elite class. Well, Subtle for, rug. For, for <laughs> I I'm on the well, I'm I'm not that bad at chemistry, so but anyway, for physics and maths, I'm probably in the highest achievement in class. So I always feel like I'm probably one of the worst students in class. Um I mean, if you look at the grades, I'm I I, I, I probably get the lowest in our in, in our classes. So there is this sort of like academic pressure where you're not as good as other pupils in your class. But uh, when I tell my teachers, they always say, it's fine because you are only comparing yourself to the rest of the class. But if you look at like nationwide, you are well above average. So they always tell me not to worry, but still there is this sort of like an academic pressure behind. Hmm. Is that more of being in like the smartest? I'm sorry, the smartest class oh, in the whole class. school. I'm sorry that me and Justin aren't in the smartest. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking this. I meant that. <laughs> but is that um, from more of like being in that class, or just from like yourself, or? Yeah, I think it's for in that class. There, there definitely is an element where it's because of my classmates and looking at their grades and comparing them. Like, yeah, comparing their grades to mine, mm. it feels yeah. Yeah. How about you, Justin? I think for me, it's a bit similar. I think for chemistry, I there's a few classmates who uh, I would say are the top in the whole year, perhaps. And uh, being in the same class with them has that kind of atmosphere where you're in awe, where you're kind of shocked at the ability, but it also helps you uh, to improve, to uh, comp... It's, it's not... How should I phrase this? A little bit of competition is always good, and I will try to keep tabs on uh, how everyone else is performing to give me a benchmark. And uh, but I think one of the most important things is that you need to uh, don't focus on the marks too much and really focus on learning the content and the knowledge well. So, and as long as you've got the marks required for your grade, I think you should be satisfied. So that's how I take it myself so i'd say that there's some academic pressure but it's a healthy amount for me to improve instead of being stressed out over it and starting to panic mm. no i really like that yeah yeah with like because i know um with your class we have the same teacher for one of our sides uh, oh, i don't think you know this way um do you know the recent uh test that we had for that teacher Yes, it was, I, it was a while back. I know. Yep, it was the second one, right? Yeah, the second one. Um, do you want to compare class averages? Because to be fair, if anyone from our school hears this, they'll kill me. But I don't think they'll listen to it. So I think <laughs> we can say it very freely. Do you remember what your class average was? I remember that our teachers saying that we our averages had actually dropped. It was around seventy six percent, but I didn't really pay attention. So you want to guess what ours was? Maybe somewhere around the 75, I Lower. 60s. Lower. 50s. <laughs> Slightly higher. 55s. Higher. 57s. Higher. 58s. 59. 58. <laughs> oh. I know. Ooh. It was so bad. To be fair, I didn't do too badly in that test, but... um. Okay, okay, this can sound really, really cocky, but I think some, some people in my class didn't grok the content in time because... To be fair, that mock was quite sudden, and then you kind of did, did have to rush the revision, but 
our, our teacher was so disappointed. She was like, oh my goodness. Ah, <laughs> mm. uh, I heard that someone in my class, it probably was, uh, uh, someone in my class got 100% in both papers. So. Oh goodness, wow. It's always like interesting because, I mean, with all three of you doing like ad mass, it's just kind of like that, like in a sense, I don't have pressure from the content of like doing ad mass because that's a whole that's a whole other like kind of worm that you that you guys have to like delve into and like deal with. But I don't know, like when I do like less subjects, I'm always like constantly having to tell myself I'm doing less, so therefore I should be almost like acing and perfecting everything that I do in like these fewer subjects that I do. So like, because I have free time, that would make sense. But sometimes it doesn't always work out as well as I planned it to. And then that's just like, in itself, it just kind of tri triggers like a cycle for me. So then that's mm -hmm. like where the pressure, well, personally, like my academic pressure, it comes from slightly. And that's where it just comes from. Yeah. It comes from us. We're the problem. Yeah, you. <laughs> you yeah, you guys are the problem. You do further maths. I mean, for me, I feel like further maths is just more maths. As in, the difficulty, I don't really feel like it spikes. You're just doing more content. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I feel like for further maths, we're covering like so many more topics. Um, and that, well, you really need to have like good time management to to do, to do well in further maths. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's how I view it too. You, you get like, for single math, you get like three papers uh, at the end of June, but for like further math, you get an additional four. So that's quite a lot more content and they, they, they go into a lot more depth with it. Uh, the difficulty might be around the same, a little bit harder, but yes, there's a lot to go through and you don't get, um you, you don't get double the lesson time. You only get like maybe, five lessons more if you originally have 10 so it's getting much quicker the pace has to be so that's also a big time management issue for teachers and students and yeah sometimes it doesn't work out and... i didn't really need to know that i had to do four extra tests but thank you oh. <laughs> yeah good luck with that was <laughs> you're just at the beginning of your journey i'll with think about it a bit later oh uh, i mean you can always like because like I know quite a few people dropped further mass in um our school, and I was like, fair enough. I mean, it is it is quite committing, and then if they want extra time, but there's always all that that option. But I think I'll know. get cancelled if I uh, <laughs> drop that one. No, not really struggling is, in that, so I don't think it'll allow me. Yeah, there were there were definitely like points where I really wanted to drop further math just so I could have more time to spare on other subjects. Mm -hmm. But the reason holding me back was. Firstly, I kind of need for that for engineering at uni. And secondly, probably pressure from my, I mean, I'd say like pressure and expectations from parents. But I kind of understand where they're coming from because I mean, linking back to the first point, I, I kind of really need for that for engineering. Mm. So I don't really have a choice anyway. Um, so the only thing I could do is not to drop for that and to put more effort in studying. I guess. Mm. So yeah. I guess yeah, but it's not. It's it's more of like it's it's more of like it's a helpful thing to have rather than a required thing. Because mm. I don't think it's a sense. It's, it's essentially needed, is it? <laughs> it's mm. really not, it, I mean, unis would never kind of 
explicitly say you need further maths, but if mm-hmm. you look at like statistics to to maybe that one or two unis I'm applying to, mm-hmm. um, I think like three quarters of their stu- of their engineering students have further maths. My guess, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. And I think it will yeah, help it's... you. Uh, I mean, and like from my perspective, I'd rather like struggle a bit in 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 my sixth form year than struggle a lot in my uni years. Mm. Yeah, I think for a lot of these top tier unis, I think further math has essentially become a soft requirement. They, of course, they won't explicitly say it because. Not every uh, sixth form or college in the UK offers further math or has the ability to, but uh, even those that don't, they would recommend that you self-study, for example, AS further math and such. And it's not only for engineering or mathematics, it's kind of extended to all STEM subjects. You can see it in the, st- in the statistics, in the mission data. So, but yeah, I find that studying further math, it gives you some knowledge that you would require at university anyway. So you get the hard part out of the way and you can uh, get used to the academic life at university much quicker and much easier in that sense. Mm. So it just sounds like I just made the bad call. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I'm I mean, willing to struggle. <laughs> if you're doing chemistry, I don't know how much further maths will help though. Maybe so. a bit. It depends. I don't know. Oh, by the way, for anyone, yeah, I, I, I'm studying chemistry at uni. Mm. Okay. Chem gang, chem gang, hey Justin. <laughs> chemistry superiority. Chemistry superiority. Yes. And biology can go eat dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> oh. What about engineering? Engineering's pretty good. Mm. Engineering, you're fine. It's the physicists who are the problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you might be hoping our physics teachers don't listen to her. I know, like, one of them actually does. Oh, oh no. Oh, you've doomed yourself. Wait. One of our physics teachers. Our, our side A teacher. I think she's listened to a few of them before. You know who she is, right? The one, Newtonian one. The one. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Newtonian one. Yeah. She's asked me yeah, about it a few times before. Um, your grades are gonna drop for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I need. I, I need my grade. No. <laughs> oh well. The predicted grades have been given out anyway, so oh, hmm. it's fine. <laughs> If you don't mind me asking, um, because I definitely want to touch on this aspect, and I feel like the, I'm quite interested to see what the answer is. Because obviously, me and Wilson, we grew up here in the UK, so we're quite used to like a UK England kind of school system. Whereas you two, you've both been through the Hong Kong academic like uh, system, schooling system, and you've had a taste of the UK school system. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel like it's vastly like different and like? Do you feel like the cult, the like the culture behind schooling is quite ingrained into like uh, the mentality of like Hong Kong like uh, households and stuff? Matthew, do you want to go first, or you can go first? Right. So, I to to give a TLDR, I think. The Hong Kong system prepares you uh, much better for examinations, but not much else. So for a more detailed answer, I think there's there's a lot more emphasis in Hong Kong on exams and tests and doing good and getting good grades. And there's this mentality of uh, every mark counts. So 
you will often uh, have heated debate with your teachers after you get your exam papers back to ground for marks in a sense. That's <laughs> mm. just me normally. From my own <laughs> <laughs> He's a true Hong Konger, that's how you know he is! <laughs> exactly, exactly. But from my own experience, I, I do find that the tests in Hong Kong are much more difficult than what I encounter in the UK. So, uh, that's from my own experience, of course, but... I think generally students in Hong Kong, they get a lot more pressure over this because it's much more grades and marks oriented, and... It's often seen that uh, grades are everything. So, for example, even when you apply to university, they don't really care about your personal statement, our version of personal statement. As long as you've got the top grades, you can basically do whatever you want. But that's uh, clearly not the case with the UK. You need to really show your passion in your personal statement and in interviews, etc. But in, in the UK, on the other hand, they do really put a lot more focus on uh, your extracurricular uh, education on being a holistic person and not only about your grades. So that's something I really appreciate about uh, the UK education system. They, uh, they really give students a lot more chances to learn on their own, to really see the world beyond the books and participate in these activities. And that's something, that's quite a culture shock when I first came to the UK, but now that I've understood it and I really do hope that Hong Kong can reduce its intensity on academics and achieve a better balance between the two. You prefer it that way? I think, I think if you perhaps when you asked me two years ago before I came to the before I came to the UK, I think I would consider that the UK system would be quite not idiotic, but I would consider that it wastes a lot of time on unnecessary stuff. But now that I've got to experience it myself, I. I've rediscovered the, imp the importance of having extracurriculars. It really makes your life more interesting and beyond just the monotone tests and exams. And yes, I think it's really uh, important and I do really appreciate it. Mm, yeah. I kind of agree, I guess. I mean, um, I mean, in the UK, like extracurricular stuff, like having music, sports, maybe a bit of like volunteering, community actions, initiatives, running clubs and societies. I think those are like, huge thing in here in in the uk especially yeah um i mean at least in our school it is but i'd say in like when it comes to a levels and i mean from uh, i mean daily like daily lessons and stuff like that the curriculum is definitely more diverse uh and a bit like more open-minded here in the uk compared to the ones in hong kong but i'd say at the end of the day when it comes to like uni applications um, Sorry, I must interject. At the end of the day, <laughs> it's night. Oh, good joke. Good joke. <laughs> nice one, nice one. Yeah, but um, at the end of the day, for um, uni applications, I feel like um, for the UK system, they would probably look at both your personal personal statements and your grades, while maybe the ones in Hong Kong only look 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 uh, look at your grades. But I feel like they wouldn't. I mean, here in the UK, like for, for UK universities, they won't necessarily really focus on your extracurriculars. Like they wouldn't really care about your um, DOFE sports music achievements. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's how I feel. Um, so I'd say holistic development is a thing in school, but not necessarily what unis are looking for. Yeah. Um, so that's why... 
I mean, because I'm applying to uh, quite a few unis from abroad as well, like Canadian ones and American ones. If you look at their essay response, they really want to know more about you as a person than our grades. Mm-hmm. Like even for some of the unis, they they stated that they won't even consider your grades. So they're just they will just look at your essay responses. So wow, that's the that's the time where you need you really need to show what you've achieved over the past three years, maybe both academically and outside of school. Mm-hmm. So like community action is a huge thing there. Um, uh, like they really want to see a diverse, uh, yeah, diverse perspective of you, I guess. Mm. So, yeah. Wait, I'm just curious. Wait, I just have to ask this because I've always wondered this, and I think all of us are dying to know. Why did you apply to 14 unis? That's that's a good point. That's a very, <laughs> why did you apply to 14? Because there are 14 unis I want to go to. No, <laughs> I, I I feel like it, there's a point where. There's always this feeling that none of the unis would give me an offer. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Oh, I guess it's good to have options. A, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good to have options. And maybe, well, I'd say this is sort of like a pressure, internal pressure, if that makes sense. Is that more of like your own in- internal voice saying that most unis will reject you rather than anyone else saying it to you? Yeah. Okay. And okay. I mean, for, yeah. Even for my parents, they... they they think at least a few UK unis are going to give you an offer. Um, they will, don't worry. <laughs> they will. They will. So it's probably only it's a me problem. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I don't mean to. I don't mean to be all like a therapist on you, but <laughs> Matthew. But where do you think the problem originates from? <laughs> me. Yeah, but like, do you feel like that's more of like your upbringing and like the Hong Kong culture that you're focused more on the grades and then your parents saying you need to focus on the academics and the exams so therefore you can go to this school, then go to this uni, and then therefore like the next steps after that, do you feel like it just kind of comes from that or is it something else perhaps? I mean, for grades, when I look at it, um, my grades are not the best of the best, so... Um, <laughs> looking at the disgusted faces, right? When you compare it to other people, like other, the, yeah, other people in my class, let's say, it's not the best of the best. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad, but yeah, uh, it's definitely not Ox- what, what Oxbridge would would want. Um, Matthew, it's fine. You're not applying to Oxford or Cambridge, so. You don't need to worry about it. Can can I spoil your predicted grades or? No, you can't. <laughs> okay, don't worry, Matthew. You're top notch already. Please be reassured. You you don't need to panic over this. I yeah, that that's like the sort of like the academic side, and maybe outside of school, I feel like I don't. Well, I'm not a like I'm not holistic enough in terms of like achievements and stuff like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay i just want wait i could like write out a whole list and it could probably fill a whole april page of things that you've done to prove that you're holistic enough you've done okay sure you 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 don't like you don't do like sports and music to a high yeah, exactly. uh, like a high yeah, yeah. but that doesn't matter you do you wait. okay this is a, okay. This is another Matthew Bragg time. You do fencing. You do badminton. Huh? You do you. you he, he does that after school. 
Yeah, but it's like a club thing. It's not. So like that's still club. taking part. That still shows you're diverse. You still do sports. You entered the the woodwind competition for music for grade five category, and this man hasn't played in like over six years, and he went straight into the grade five category. He does <laughs> he does volunteering. He does volunteering as well. He he's a we have like the house system in our school. He's a vice captain. Like I said, he's a leader in in a school in his in our school. He used to wait. Did he do three clubs before last year? Yeah, I did three last year. You did three last year, and then what else do you do? I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, you were you were another leader. You were in another leadership role for um for your for your boarding house. There's something there. Do I need to go on? So basically, your conclusion is that Matthew's a liar. Yeah, because I, I, don't, I don't say he's a liar. It's just like Matthew says that, like I can, I, I think me and Justin can like because we see it from an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Matthew does so much, and he does like I don't understand how he does it all. But Matthew's response to everything that he does is like, oh yeah, it's okay though. It's it's a little, and like fair enough. I mean, obviously, fair like enough, he, obviously. Matthew has the mentality of like I can always do better, but he needs to give himself credit for when it's due because he's achieved an extraordinary amount of stuff in like a short limited time of like one academic year it's like let's say opinion from my mom she thinks that i should drop some of these responsibilities and focus more on my academics so do you, do you agree with that sentiment i guess well because now we've got like five months till our a level so yes yeah. i kind of agree it now um and i'm well i am trying to drop some of those responsibilities and maybe focus more on revision mm-hmm. i guess so yeah mm. but i'd say i really enjoy like doing those sort of like eca stuff outside of school because it makes my life less boring mm. and you well the good thing is like you really get to work with quite quite a lot of different people mm. and i really enjoy that so yeah i mean justin what's your take on that like do you feel like not even just from Matthew, from like everyone's. Do you feel like we should sacrifice, we should sacrifice more of extracurricular stuff for academics, or do you feel like we need to find the balance between the two? I think for me, perhaps. Uh, certainly, I think it depends on everyone's. It depends on uh, the individual person. So, uh, if you can maintain your grades while taking on a lot of easy responsibilities, I think you've already achieved a good balance. But the equilibrium point to talk chemistry it's different for every one it's different for every oh. reaction in a sense so everyone needs to find their own point where they're comfortable where they're not too stressed out from both academics and ecas so if you find a sweet spot and you can stay in it that's the best solution but for example if you're falling a bit behind in academics you might want to perhaps uh, lose some responsibilities on the ECA side. And if you're breezing through academics and you have some free time, you can do some more ECA to enrich yourself. So in the end, I think it's the sweet spot where uh, you should be looking for. And I think for the sweet spot, you should be only focusing on yourself and you shouldn't really compare to other people because everyone is different and everyone's sweet spot is different. So as long as you're happy with where you are, what you're doing, and you're not too stressed out, your mental health is in a good state. So then I think you've quite successfully uh, discovered uh, your comfortable zone and uh, what you really want to do. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I agree with everything. That's very well put. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Okay, I want to 
bring into another thing, um, a very, very big thing that schools have been preaching about mental health. Oh. Wilson, you go. <laughs> uh, about I mean, me or? Yeah, just like, okay. do you feel like, you, do you deal with it or not really? I mean, obviously you've just started sixth form, but what's your I mean, I think right now I my mental health has been pretty good. My school offers like a good amount of extracurriculars and like stuff that I can do that's just outside of the curriculum. So I don't always have to focus on academics at my school, even though like it's an office building. And it has a huge focus <laughs> on academics. <laughs> they, they somehow managed to keep it so that it's not just all academics, which is, I think, a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's only been the first time. It's not been too challenging. I've kind of been breezing through um, maths and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think uh, in terms of mental health, I'm I'm all right academically. Mm-hmm. It's good. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, Matthew? I think my mental health is pretty decent it's not the worst <laughs> i'm still alive that doesn't sound very um, reassuring <laughs> <laughs> i mean at times i'm a bit stressed but you know um stress is a good thing okay um at least it pushes you forward i mean um i'd say i'm pretty grateful that i have so many like sort of like responsibilities with me or else my well because if not, I'm just going to solely focus on uh, my grades and academics. So that would probably make my mental mm-hmm. mental state even worse. So I'd say um, it's pretty good that I have some sort of like responsibilities outside of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, mm, I'd say mental health. This is like, I mean, growing up in my, well, spending like, I know, 14 years of my, of my life here in Hong Kong. I feel like mental health isn't that big of a thing here, maybe in Asian cultures. Mm. Like, we don't really talk about it um, in schools. And, yeah. Um, I remember there was this point, I think it was, like, when I was maybe 11 or 12 years old, or even earlier than that. There, I was reading news, and there are news of, like, students committing suicide every single day. Um, here in Hong Kong, that was like I think that I don't know what happened, but like in that period, there are a lot of like students uh, committing suicide, which is um, and that kind of raised sort of quite a lot of like awareness in society and um, people. I mean, at least the government tried to do something to prevent suicide uh, among students, um, but I think. Um, the problem here would be people are not very comfortable talking about their own mental health. So, yeah. How about you, Justin? Yes, I I think I agree with Matthew's points a lot there. And obviously, it's there's still some stigma around this mental health topic here in in Hong Kong, I think. And, but especially for students, as I think another big problem is that the academic side is still oversh- overshadowing a lot of these issues. And they, you're just kind of expected to take it and shut up and just do your best at academics, no matter how pressured you feel. And that's certainly quite a shame because it. some people aren't just, uh, aren't just adept at uh, academics and they would be much better uh, as 
doing other careers, interests, sports, music, drama. And I think this culture of academics over everything else is really quite toxic and it stifles a lot of creativity and development for people. And of course, it leads to how mental health is... Uh, it's a hot topic nowadays, perhaps in Western culture, but here I think we're still just starting to see the epidemic of uh, perhaps depression among our students and especially with uh, COVID, with Hong Kong has had much stricter restrictions than anywhere else, except for perhaps mainland China and the constant lockdowns, uh, online schooling hasn't been very healthy to people. And of course you lose the social interaction aspect and, and even before COVID in 2019, what happened in Hong Kong, yes, I think it's caused especially among teenagers, it's caused quite a depressing scenario. And I think a lot of people have are losing hope. And yes, I think that's not a problem. That's something that can't be solved in a day or two. That's going to require an entire upheaval of society, perhaps even, of our entire culture of thinking about mental health and I think it's going to be a gargantuan task, but it's a task that we must tackle or else we will be doomed and succumb and succumb to depression and mental health. Mm. Yeah. I just want to ask for um, Matthew and Justin, like you both talked about how like from like a Hong Kong perspective, it's not really talked about. Just like, I just want to ask like when, when schools talk about like mental health and stuff, with the concept of mental health, is it something that you kind of know about or something that you truly understand? And like, let, let me clarify what I mean by that question. Like, there's a difference between knowing something and truly understanding what it means. Like, knowing about mental health, like, oh yeah, you need to take care of your mental health. It is important. Versus like, actually, I have dealt with mental health before and I've acknowledged it and I need to work on it in time, but I need to give it time to work on and work on myself. Is that something like which of which of them do you like feel like you associate with more with like mental health? I mean, um, for me, definitely before when I yeah, definitely before when I came to the UK, it almost feels like mental health is something I acknowledge that exists, mm. um, but not truly like not fully understand it. Mm. I feel like when we talk about mental health in in schools in Hong Kong, maybe we mention about like different types of mental mental health issues and you know mental diseases mm-hmm. but um but we never understand that these things like they're they, they are a spectrum it's not like oh you have depression or you don't have depression you can have like mild depression or really serious ones um and i don't think it ever mentions that like these things can um like it's sort of like a cycle um you sometimes will feel like really sad and sometimes uh, you're not that depressed. And maybe um, different people have different reactions to to mental health issues. Like you can't really tell if someone have depression or not uh, just from their reaction, because uh, everyone ha- might have a different reaction towards it. So, I mean, um, that's probably why like people don't really acknowledge the importance of mental health, but instead, like, mm. I mean, we know that these problems exist, but we don't fully understand it to, uh, to a certain extent where we can actually deal with it, I guess. Okay, how about you now, though? 
How about you now? Oh. Currently, as you are now, year 13 student, five months out from the A-levels, how are you doing? I'd say, I mean, are you asking about my mental health or how, how do yours. I understand mental health? Yours. My mental health? Yours. Um, <clears throat> I'd say it's, well, it's not the worst. It's, 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 I mean, as I mentioned, like a bit stressed. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a bit stressed, but um, stress is a good thing in a way. But don't get too stressed. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say I'm kind of mentally prepared for that amount of stress because if you think about it, like five months from A level, that's not a very long time. But um, as time goes on, as you're closer to A level, you will probably feel even more stressed and maybe a bit anxious about your results and mm -hmm. the exams. So I'd say I'm probably mentally preparing for it for, for the for the mm -hmm. toughest time. How about you, Justin? I, when I try to cast my mind back to my school in Hong Kong, I, I don't have much recollection of them talking about mental health. Matthew, I, I know we went to the same school back in Hong Kong. They never talked about it, did they? Someone's lying. <laughs> hmm. School counselor did. I mean, I was a, I, I was quite close with the school counselor. <laughs> Oh yeah, we have a counselor. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> In fact, they have two. <gasps> did, did they do mitosis or something? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's my but that's my impression. I perhaps it was just me fooling around and forgetting a lot of stuff. But I I never felt like they did really talk a lot about mental health and really i'm sure there might have been a few assemblies or talks about it but mostly it's just a surface level theoretical knowledge that oh yes this kind of called an anxiety these are the symptoms there's this depression it might it might show it in person like this and after attending those assemblies you you'd get something like uh, you feel like you you've gotten a theoretical degree in uh in in mental health but you don't really understand it truly. It's like, oh, this concept exists, but you treat it like a logic stuff. You treat it like you've gained new knowledge, but you, you, it's really hard for you to make the connection between the knowledge and perhaps how you might be feeling yourself or how your friends, your classmates might view the issue. And there's this fundamental disconnect, I think, that really uh, hampers how mental health is viewed and discussed. And I think to let people to really understand how how they might be feeling or the, the situation they might be going through requires a lot more intervention, such as counsellors, as Matthew's mentioned. But I think, yes, there's still a stigma around them and not a lot of people will try to uh, get help themselves. And of course, I'm, I'm sure these assemblies, they will help raise awareness, but I think perhaps more effective methods should be discovered, maybe perhaps sharing sessions with those in the industry or perhaps in with uh, real people who have gone through themselves. And I think after I came to the UK, I think you, you get a lot more of these assemblies. You, It's uh, a lot more, not, not in your face, but you certainly hear about it a lot more. And you really do understand and view that uh, there's a lot more emphasis on this issue placed in the UK and it's quite reassuring to know that you've got help available 
and it's uh, and it's not only for uh, with dedicated uh, professionals. You can just chat to your teachers. Your uh, your uh, for example, if I, I live in a boarding house, my uh, housemasters and uh, my uh, friends, and I know that I'll I'll be given a an ear to listen to, and it's not going to be dismissive or it's not going to be uh, treated as just a phase I'm going through. And it's actually going to be quite an enlightening exercise and it really does help, I think, in the UK. I'd say there's like that sort of like clear comparison between schools in Hong Kong and the UK. Like, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the news, there are shocking news. Like, I mean, in Hong Kong, there are news where uh, students jump off from their school buildings. Um, so yeah, basically they commit suicide in the school. Whereas in the UK, I don't think I've ever heard of those sort of news before. And I mean, I'm pretty sure like most schools in Hong Kong, I, I'm not sure if it's a requirement or not. They, at most schools in Hong Kong have at least like uh, a school counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say in the UK, it's, it's, it's not just one school counselor. I'm pretty sure there are like there's probably a team working in schools, like promoting well-being. At least mm-hmm. that's one school. And I mean, students uh, in our school, we have like uh, well-being ambassadors and those sort of stuff. So it it makes us like they, yeah, it it feels like as students, um, it's well, mental health and well-being. It's 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 more than just an adult thing, I guess. It really like closely links to every single one of us, and the fact that having students involved in the well-being curriculum or mental health, like counseling as well, or mentoring, I think it really shows a difference. Where um, schools in the UK do put a lot of like emphasis in mental health, and it makes us feel like oh, it's 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 something um, we might experience. Mm. Um, yeah, I really like that. How about you, Orson? Uh, I mean, uh, not that I've ever had an education in Hong Kong, but in my experience... In your personal experience. Yeah, uh, I agree that there's, like, teams that uh, talk about mental health being just, like, in my school, there's, like, a group of teachers that you can go towards, and they make it, like, very adamant that you're allowed to go to any teacher and that, like, any teacher would be happy to help you. So it's like there's that's a, a big thing I think like being able to go to anyone that you trust in a school is like very valuable. No, you're definitely that kind of sense of um, like you feel safe in their space, n- mm-hmm. not rather than like oh yeah, I, I have a problem, I need to fix it. Therapist, therapize me now. <laughs> it's like you need to take time with it. You need to it needs you need to develop it. But yeah, right. I think with that, that pretty much sums up for this episode of the Asian Voice. Thank you so much, Matthew, for coming back on again. And thank You're you, Justin, welcome. for making your first time appearance. It was a pleasure having you. No worries. I was very glad to be able to participate. Mm. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Asian Voice. Make sure to check us out on Spotify. And while you're, while you're checking out stuff, why not check us out on the Asian uh, on Instagram at The Asian Voice Pod. We'll see you in the next episode.